2: Hey, it's Schmitty. I want to tell you about a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having competitive, stable history of work over 20 years, FSC. The FSC Edge, it's a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies. Expert services helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality. They support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the U.S. and Europe. That includes the European Patent Office, the German Patent and Trademark Office, and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. The only group of companies worldwide to provide such support to all three of these agencies. Working at FSC, you have a chance to work with fun people with great attitudes and learn about patents. You're not on the phone, you're not customer-facing, it's casual dress, and the work environment it's a new environment with over two million dollars in improvements you have access to generous benefits packages company support for health and wellness and you do impactful work on a national scale make a difference their team's constantly growing and they're always looking for new people to join their mission check out what's available today at fscedge.com
1: the Hale varsity radio saturday morning show Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmitz.
0: Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now,
1: roll tide. And Mark Cranek. Time has come for someone to put his foot down, and that foot is me.
2: Back with you, it's Hour 2, it's Hail Varsity Radio Weekend Edition. As we're presented by Currency, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Brandon Vogel, and uh, we're streaming this morning as well on a couple of different platforms, ESPN Lincoln Facebook, ESPN Lincoln Twitter, and you're invited to follow along as well on the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter at HVarsity Radio. You can catch the show uh, in its all uh, in all its streaming glory Monday through Saturday there, but also Uh, uh, coffee and cream uh, with Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers. Uh, It's been a great week for those guys. Awesome to have them part of the family. Uh, A staple uh, on Saturdays and throughout the week is Brandon Vogel, managing editor with HaleVarCity.com and magazine. Get the holiday uh, hookup for sure. You can do so by logging on HaleVarCity.com backslash subscribe. Enter the promo code GBR and save 10 bucks on that subscription. Uh, in honor of Caleb Williams, I do believe Brandon Vogel has uh, GBR painted on his nails this morning. Either that or some sort of negative message towards the Netherlands today
1: uh, with uh, World Cup action. Vogues, good morning. How are we doing? Uh, I'm doing well. My, my I'm, I'm not that fluent in Dutch. So I looked up some things that would fit <laughs> on on eight, eight spaces, and decided I don't know if I can trust this Google translation. So I just went with GoGo USA.
0: Well, Dutch, oh, Dutch is I an interesting go-go. language. That's 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 good. I, love I loved GoGo USA, but Dutch is one of those interesting languages. I went to uh, to South Africa. Um, this was after my senior year of high school, and they speak this weird mix of it's like the native tongue mixed with Dutch, mixed with English, and like you hear people speak in dutch and you think you're having a stroke like it sounds similar (laughs) to english enough that you're like what is this person saying and then you realize you can't understand a thing that they're saying like at all and it's it's just one of those languages that it it was throwing me for a loop whenever i was in south africa because i i thought i could understand what this person was saying and then you realize no this is a completely foreign language that just kind of sounds like english
1: yeah it's one that's even like you know it, you kind of accumulate enough like working knowledge of spanish french maybe german to like look at something and be like ah maybe i can take a crack at pronouncing that but dutch uh not so much at least for me
2: brandon vogel is with us in vogue let's keep with the translation theme uh how would you uh translate week one in the matt rule era
1: Pretty uh, well, it, it got thrown for a loop in the middle of the week, that's for sure. And uh, you know, I think that who knows where some of these coaching discussions would have been um, if, if things had got a little bit more normally. But you know, I thought they kept a pretty smart and contained recruiting strategy. Like you don't have a choice when when that period opens back up, and and they largely stuck local, so they were able to get the coaches that they were uh good with in and in that helped and you know i think putting a focus first on not the not even the 500 mile radius at this point kind of the 50 mile radius or, around lincoln was probably the way to go
0: Brandon vogel's with us here a saturday morning edition of Hale varsity radio and Vogels, we had a, a twitter pull up yesterday and i posed the same question to you and that's how important is it to you uh, over these next couple weeks, that Matt Rule secures a recommitment from Malachi Coleman because there, there's two places I can go with this. First is is on the field where, you know what, Malachi seems to fit that mold of what Matt Rule's looking for to a T, where they, they have traits that makes them supremely gifted athletes. They're trying to mold him into a football player. And with Malachi's frame and, and track speed, he seems to fit that mold well. But then also you have the, the factor of that 500-mile radius and, and keeping the local kids home. Um, but then you also go the other side of, of what I talked about yesterday, opportunity cost with the amount of time that's going to be spent recruiting Malachi. You could be spending recruiting other guys or, you know, going to the transfer portal. So how important is it to you that, that Matt Rule secures that recommitment?
1: Um, I, I mean, I think it would be it would be a nice jolt right at the start if you were able to do that. Um, that said, you know, we've seen with, with Malachi Coleman's timeline, and he's been fairly open about this the entire process, like, he was really tied to, to, um, to Mickey Joseph. And that's, you know, a credit to the job Mickey Joseph did recruiting him. Uh, and if that's just got to be the deal breaker, that might, that might be reality. So I think you're right. The opportunity cost of this comes into play here, not just with him, but really anybody who's in the class and maybe wavering at this point, like you make your pitch, uh, you follow up on it. And if by early signing, you know, it looks like, you're still in for for kind of a dogfight for a player or two you got to start considering your options so i don't think it's as damaging you know as it would be to to lose a player in state of that stature i mean we've seen that play out you know a handful of times at nebraska where you don't have a lot of players of that caliber come come around every year though it seems to be more and more um as nebraska high school football i think improves and landing those guys becomes vitally important. I think you get a little bit of a pass in the the first recruiting cycle. I mean, personally, whether it's staff, the existing roster, or commits even, I kind of view it as you've got nothing. Like, there's there's no guarantees. Assume nobody is coming back, and that way when some people do, uh, it feels like a little bit of a a positive surprise.
2: Brandon Vogel is with us, and yeah, there is transition, and there'll be attrition with transition could be recruiting class because of how many of the the kids that have decommitted to your point were, were so close with Mickey Joseph. And then even within Nebraska's own roster with the portal opening up, you can gain in the portal. Nebraska did that at a high level with some key offensive spots last, last winter, Casey Thompson, uh, Grant, uh, of course, Palmer, but now you have kind of, uh, a guy that folks were excited to see it and, and still may get to it's not done, but folks, I want your reaction to, to the Ernest Hausman announcement this week, because I mean, that was something that I, I guess, isn't that shocking uh, with really uh, the, 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 the staff transition, how close you would assume Ernest is with, with coach rude and, and shifts happening on the staff, but Man, the way that kid performed and the way, quite honestly, a thin linebacker room performed, I mean, Rudy Rudy needs to be commended for the the job. And, man, those backers were playing great ball to to end the season.
1: Yeah, they were. And, you know, super impressive year from from Hausman, you know, coming from Columbus. It's a big jump for anybody to – get inserted to the little linebacker spot in the big 10 as a true freshman. And I think even more so the case with him and, you know, it, it did come as a surprise, even understanding, even though I just said like my base setting is assumed nobody is, is coming back. Um, that one did, did surprise me. You know, Ernest seemed like somebody who who was really bought in to, to nebraska and what they were about and getting better and continuing to, to to help them build in the future and and maybe that's you know still how this this plays out but it, it did come as a bit of a surprise for me and that's he's going to be a really really good player i think everybody saw that um he's got kind of unique measurables for for a linebacker and i expect demand to be pretty high for him based on the season he had
0: Brandon, two-part question here to follow up on that. First, that, that Ernest Hausman into the portal, does that confirm to you that that Coach Root is not going to be back next season? And then to follow up on that, we, we spent Thursday talking a little about Phil Snow. Does that also open up the possibility of a guy like Glenn Sherman down at Georgia?
1: Yeah, it, it, it could. Um, you know, we talked on Thursday about Snow, and at that point I was kind of like, well, he hasn't. You know, he hasn't joined the staff yet, which, which gives you a little bit of pause. And the longer that goes, I think the, the longer amount of pause you need to take with that. So we'll see if, if Nebraska ends up going a, a different direction at, at defensive coordinator. I, it's starting to feel a little bit more likely uh, that that's the case there. And, you know, until you get that person in for any of these, you know, recruits or even current defensive players, it becomes a, a little bit hard to to know exactly what you're looking at. And, you know, the fact that Hausman was one of the first, I think, three names we heard of uh, at Nebraska in the portal, you know, did seem an indication to me that his position coach probably wasn't coming back.
2: Folks, let's spend a minute here on how things are going with, with Matt Rule. And it, it's been a week with – uh, you know, uh, a week ago today, he's on game day, uh, making his announcement. You have the Monday presser. You have the Mickey news on Wednesday. You have the uh, the in-state uh, visits where everybody and anybody on staff is all over the the metro regions. and And he started off Tuesday making phone calls to. All the high school coaches so that that baylor plan of introduction has been followed up with you would assume here in in lincoln but uh i mean his his vision is to coach you hard to develop you uh, to get that speed and explosiveness as a reality and then share that with you he'll communicate but i really like the fact that he's you know, listen to the team. He's brought the, everyone together uh, from the team. And what do you like about the program? What don't you like? How do we go the direction you want getting input? But ultimately, whether you're in the locker room or you're in the living room, he's going to share his vision with you and ask you if it's for you. Do you think his, his vision, as, as we understand it, as we've heard talking points from him, Do you think that's going to connect and resonate with some of the kids? And I I know that's a case-by-case basis, but overall what he's saying, do you think it sounds good to a high school senior to be or a junior to be in college football or in the high school ranks?
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the timeline has been so compressed and it's not like, you know, rule didn't have time to consider like, well, if I took this job, you know, what, what are those pitches going to be? He definitely did. Um, but you know the pitch probably isn't as strong as it might be two three weeks from now or even four weeks from now you know it gets interesting i think because we saw at baylor and you know it's been kind of well covered at this point (laughs) the state that class was in when he took over there well now you've got so you're going to try and get as much done as you can for early signing of course but with how this staff has recruited and the type of players they looked at, you know, they really made some hay with players who were a little bit overlooked. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see, you'll have this late signing period too, to see what's what's available in that. But the, the really big thing it becomes the, the transfer portal, I think. And, and maybe not, I mean, we'll see when it officially opens, uh next week um to see see how they attack that you know it's gonna be hard you're gonna have to juggle getting your recruiting infrastructure up and running the way you want it to while also assessing the portal so that kind of becomes the next big question for me and you know in terms of immediate impact on 2023 that might be the bigger one how does that how does that pitch land with potential transfers guys who might be a little further along in their career and more likely to contribute right away
0: yeah folks next three weeks are, are going to be pretty crucial in terms of what this team looks like in 2023 but to, to zoom out how important is this next three weeks in terms of the, the ground the grand uh foundation building for what matt roll's trying to do at nebraska is this something where you know you can clean up some mistakes later or is this a, a pretty important three weeks in your opinion
1: it's it's pretty important. I would say I don't know if you need to have the the entire foundation down in the next three weeks, but you'd like to you'd like to be happy with your progress. So get a sense for who's definitely in the class, who's looking elsewhere, and probably isn't going to stay. See what you're able to find in the transfer portal, and you know they've already made a couple of of, of offers for FCS transfers. Um, that'll be an interesting component of this, and. There's just going to be a lot of change between now and, and basically Christmas. I mean, the, the early signing period, I think, ends on the 23rd this year. And at that point, I think you'll be – if things go well, you'll hope you can be able to step back and be like, okay, this looks like the core of our team. Uh, you'll have a better sense exactly of what immediate needs you have. And then you'll still have some time to address that via the late signing period. And then, of course, the, the portal continues.
2: Vogue's gonna switch up get your take on Nebraska volleyball moving forward uh hard fought last night three to one over Kansas and uh, let's talk momentum and, and the shape cook and company are in moving forward in the NCAA tournament
1: yeah kind of gutted one out there against against Kansas um, credit to the to the Jayhawks for, for making things tough and you know I think through through the Delaware state match and then Kansas, Last night, you could see Nebraska's still kind of working through some some things post the loss of, of Kenzie Knuckles. Uh, getting Nicklin Haynes back was was important. I thought her connection with Caitlin Horde last night really kind of showed up, and y- you saw the value of, of having a Hames available. So it's going to be you know a little bit, I think, of a, a white knuckle ride for for Nebraska throughout this tournament as as long as it lasts. I mean, right now they're they're looking at playing the winner of oregon arkansas oregon's the three seed in in that bracket um so you could be getting as good a possible team as as you've seen and well, i mean even if arkansas comes through the SEC is having a pretty strong year uh that was the case private to tournament and then got some key wins in the tournament already so it's going be it's going to be tough but you're through to the next week and you get the chance to keep getting a little bit better. Um, I think, I think that's the big thing, you know, with the injuries Nebraska has dealt with Coke really structures these seasons to be playing your best volleyball at this very moment. I don't know if we can say that about Nebraska, but they they get the chance to continue to try and build towards that going into next week. And they'll, they'll have an extra day rest on, on whoever they play
0: folks who's uh, the most important player on that team moving forward throughout the ncaa tournament if the huskers want to keep their hopes alive it's, it's a tough road you look ahead and you don't want to look too far ahead but you look ahead to louisville looming on the horizon and, and with just all that in mind who do you think the most important player on this volleyball team right now is
1: might be you know it might be a familiar face somebody who's played a lot of volleyball for nebraska but i i immediately look towards maddie Kubik. um She's a six rotation player. Uh, whoever is in that back row, th- their ability to pass—I mean, that's that's the big thing you lose without without Kinsey Knuckles. She was such a, a defensive stalwart, and, and Maddie's been playing six rotations since she showed up, which is which is super impressive. But then you know when you look at Nebraska, when it gets into these matches against a team like an Oregon or a team like Louisville, you know. There's so much talent both ways that it kind of comes down to: Do you have that that singular performer who's just able to to get kills when it's when it's hard? And, and I think Nebraska has against the very, very top of the sport, which it is part of, you know, occasionally over the past couple of years, it's, it's lacked that a little bit. So you look at what Maddie does defensively in the back row and also her role up front there as kind of your go-to person. If she has a great remainder of the tournament, I think that gives Nebraska its best chance to continue advancing.
2: Vogue's college football championship weekend some time. I don't know when. But uh, it, it will be fun to see Nebraska back on this stage on a Saturday. And people of a certain age, either Elijah is a little grade school or junior high kid, can remember that. Ten years ago, were wondering how things are going to go against uh, Wisconsin as Nebraska's trying to get to a, a BCS bowl, bowl game or a New Year's Day six. You had a run there, uh, three of four. Uh, to to get to the conference title game, and you were just right there against Oklahoma and in Texas before you you moved neighborhoods, and now you got everybody else. It feels like in the West that's made a trip, right? In the West is not long for this world, but you know it's it's Minnesota and, and Illinois and Nebraska that haven't gotten to the party. Here comes Purdue. Any shot with? purdue and michigan making this interesting tonight
1: i i think so i mean you know michigan with without blake Corum still be still beat ohio state so you can feel pretty good about that but just how michigan tends to play like you can find yourself in a close game and we've seen some impressive defensive performances from from purdue still thinking back to what they did against minnesota and minneapolis was was a big one and obviously, they can move the ball and score on on a lot of teams. So I do think Purdue has a chance, uh, but we'll we'll kind of see what happens. Michigan's a favorite for a reason.
0: Vogues, your reaction to USC getting their first taste of Big Ten football last night against the Utes? Youth. The Utes just <laughs> gave them everything they could hand along the lines of scrimmage. That's
1: I, I hadn't thought of that yet, but that's a pretty good way to put it. Um, that's good. You know, USC had no disrespect to what they've been able to do, but they've walked a fine line kind of all season long and where they were at going into the, that game was probably the ideal version of that season. Uh, that said, Utah has certainly in the past couple of years uh, been the, the the team that brings reality. Um, and, and boy, did they, you know, when you think about falling down 17 to three tying that up before halftime and then winning by 23 points like utah's utah's just kind of amazing and i know people thought they were going to be amazing coming in and you lose that first game to florida and then drop two more along the way it kind of becomes like oh this is a, a season lost well they they kind of took it back by by doing what a lot of people expected them to do and, and win the pack 12 and Breathe life into Ohio State's bid for the playoff. I guess we'll see what else happens. That's that. where
0: I was going to go, Brandon. Is Ohio State in, or is it still wait and see for them, depending on what happens today?
1: I, I mean, I would think, I would think they are probably in. Um, you well, know, we'll see what happens with TCU, K State. Uh, if, if TCU were to speaking of teams, you know, kind of walking a fine line, there, there's another one. Been in a lot of close games. If they were to drop a close one to K State, I could see the the Horde Frogs still getting in. Um, it becomes tough. I don't. I don't think that's the case for USC. Um, it's just. It, you're not undefeated, and I think that's the difference between the Trojans and the Horned Frogs. When you get right down to it, I'm calling my shot well,
0: now. If Bama gets into the college football playoff, they're winning it all. I'm calling it right now on Saturday, okay. December third, twenty twenty-two. If Alabama gets into the college football playoff, they're gonna win it all. Just saying. It. If
2: if Bama gets in, and I know you could still have chaos, and you know K State. Should be should should should, they were all over TCU the first time they danced in Manhattan, so that's not going to be a total shock. But TCU's had the flair for the dramatic this year, but there's no way a two loss team should should jump uh, the way the the season has finished for for Tennessee. Right, that's one of Bama's losses. I mean, they're they're also a couple plays away from being eight and four and saving hiding out of the Lake House this year. I mean uh they're they're good but they're not vintage uh and listen I know Ohio State's got really one win they have their flaws but they're they're in uh, they're in with the USC loss at least they should be there's no way I mean I you're gonna have Kevin Warren like make a beeline down to Atlanta <laughs> for a steel cage challenge with uh <laughs> with, with the SEC commissioner if if that happens, it'd be kind of funny, but not really. I mean, think about Ohio State. I mean, they already ripped a, a spot from TCU back in 2014. They jumped them because <laughs> they dropped that nuke on uh, on Wisconsin, I think. So uh, the way it looks right now is, is you're going to have uh, two Big Ten teams in the college football playoff, and that's uh, that's nice extra, uh, a holiday bonus, so to speak, here for the conference. So we'll see where it goes. What do you think here? I mean, Vogue's with who's I guess most in danger if they're upset. I mean, USC. Yeah, they're they're out. But with the remaining uh, uh, matchups, uh, if if Michigan gets beat, do you think they're safe? I think they are.
1: Yeah, I I think so because if, if Michigan loses, then you're you know, assuming he go to Florida probably yeah and you know you can't include ohio state and not have michigan i don't think because of the head-to-head result (laughs) just a week ago so i i think really tcu is kind of the only like wild card in my mind like even if georgia lost i think i think georgia is is safe um and that perhaps that's obvious as an undefeated number one team um becomes interesting with lsu then though if, if georgia were to were to go down, it becomes you
0: know they have three
1: losses though, don't they? I know. If you keep the SEC champion out, know? um, it gets <laughs> it gets pretty crazy.
0: Vogue going we get you yeah. out of here, USA Netherlands coming up, nine AM here Central Time. Are you showing the little guy the beautiful game, showing him the the the, the complexities of, of the World Cup in soccer?
1: that's that's the plan i'll i'll sit him down and tell him that you know the dutch invented total football it was revolutionary beautiful style they don't play that anymore they're actually <laughs> really really boring right now and the. us is going to have to make the most of like the three chances it, it might get but hey it's it's the knockout stages whatever it takes
2: bogues has got his uh american flag bandana ready to go and uh, he'll throw it on and watch uh, watch a little World Cup. Elijah will be popping a tall boy here in about 29 minutes. And Vodka seconds.
0: Red Bull, baby.
2: Oh, he, <laughs> I got to stay goes. awake. It's blackout Saturday. Vogues, you have a good weekend and enjoy your your soccer and football today, bud. You too, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks. There he is. Brandon Vogel with us from Hale uh, HaleVarsity, hailvarsity.com and magazine. Reminder for Nebraska fans. Your chance to subscribe to Hale Varsity this holiday season. hailbarcity.com backslash subscribe. And there is a uh, part where you can key in a code. That code is GBR. And you save $10. You save $10 bucks on your subscription. That's the print. That's the digital. That's uh, all the great uh, Husker coverage you want with Brandon Vogel, Aaron Sorensen, uh, Brady Altman's, of course, Jacob Padilla. Uh, it's just uh, Mike Babcock is the best there is. So uh, think about that for yourself. It's okay to get yourself a gift or that Husker fan. Quick time out. The Iron Horse joins us. Gary Sharp on the way to sale weekend presented by the uh, presented by Currency.